open with an apology on the Rubrics podcast. I was notified, when was I notified? Yesterday at 9.37 in the morning that on our last podcast at minute 26, second 23, I referred to my uh, son Walker, my middle child, as my eldest. My daughter texted me and said... She says, listening to your podcast, and you called Walker your eldest, I felt betrayed. I responded, eldest son. You have to realize, I told you this this morning, I have an older brother, and my father would refer to my older brother as my number one son, and I'm the number two son. And that, if I were were to be in therapy, that would be of the things that I would mention. (laughs) So I've always made... I made sure I didn't do that. So I said, eldest son. Have she's, you gone back and watched? She's, no. She says, I don't know if son was said. I said, that way I avoid number one. And she gives me the timestamp, 2623. Uh, and then she gives me the quote, I took my eldest to school. Uh, I responded, eldest living in the house. She responds, that's not what was said. I said, if I were to mention you, I would say favorite. Ah, uh, there you go. Nice save. She said, good comeback. Yeah, and nice I save. Said, nice save. I said, it's not my first rodeo. So, Abigail, my apologies. You are the eldest child. Walker is the eldest the first born, son. Even yeah. So, uh, there we are. So I'm glad that that um, I appreciate the timestamp. I well, I, I I did I didn't go back to watch it just in case she was actually right. And I called, I'm sure she I called was. the middle child. Sure um, this is the child, by the way. No surprise. Who's interested in going to law school? Well, there you go. She came with the footnotes and everything. Let the record so, show. Okay, yeah, good good for her. Abigail, you are vindicated. You are the firstborn. Yep. Today's an ember day. It is an ember day. We are halfway through the first uh, week, full week in Lent. Ember days are Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday after the first... We won't have one Saturday, though, right? Feast of St. Matthias. Matthias. Yep. Um, and... Um, um, but we pray for an increase in ministry, and we give yeah. thanks for for um, everyone in their ministry. Let me let me find a collect for that. I want you to open us up in prayer. And there are three appointed. Um, we typically so that you do, can do Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, but, that's typically what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Which one is today for all people or those for to be those ordained? For those to be ordained. Yep. Um, you know, or just anyone called to it. So, let us pray. Almighty God, the giver of all good gifts, who of thy divine providence hast appointed various orders in thy church, give thy grace, we humbly beseech thee, to all who are called to any office and ministry for thy people, and so fill them with the truth of thy doctrine, and clothe them with holiness of life, that they may faithfully serve before thee, to the glory of thy great name, and for the benefit of thy holy church. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Does it feel like it's been longer than eight days in Lent to you? <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's good, right? You know, our whole life is supposed to be a Lent, according to Benedict. But yeah, it's it's felt it's felt like it's been a while. Um, I feel like I've been wearing purple for a while, but it really hasn't been that long. Yeah. It's been eight days. 
last yeah. last last Wednesday. Yeah, so we didn't do a podcast last Wednesday. Um, <clears throat> we did one a week before that, but we had Ash Wednesday. We had Shrove Tuesday the day before. The Pancake Supper was um, a smashing success. And Thank you kids, for those who supported the Verum Vitam trip. Yeah, the kids did a good job. Um, we stayed on top of everything but the pancakes. They stayed on top of the pancakes pretty good. That's always the one that, you know, we're always falling behind. But they did a good job this year, and we're on it with the food, and <clears throat> um, did a good job serving. So it was, it was a good, good event all around. And then I actually went up to New York City um, the next day after Ash Wednesday to meet uh, Father Sammy Wood at the Church of St. Mary the Virgin um, because our, our kids are going to be staying there this summer for their Verum Vitam trip. So I wanted to meet him in person and met him online, see where the kids are going to be staying and scout out some volunteer opportunities. So I was there for 30 hours. Um, I was able to, you know, join them for daily office um, and prayer and worship and, um, you know, meet him and his family. So it was, it was a good trip and kind of see, you know, where our kids will be staying. So, yes, thank you for all those who supported. If you're listening, um, continue praying for our youth and that this summer would be um, a good week for them. I know several of them are excited about it. I'm excited about it. I think it'll be a, a good trip. Um, getting them, again, always out of their context Somewhere new where they can. Um, well, I was just thinking you know, about that. Have the that. benefit of being, you know, physically in a different context to allow them spiritually to grow a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the quote from Saint Benedict, who said that the life of a monk should be yeah. a continuous Lent, yeah. meaning that we should always be about repentance uh-huh. and acknowledging our mortality and seeking a life of conversion. Yet there are the season of Lent is a specific time where we can focus as right. as the body of Christ to do that. We we need that change of environment mm-hmm. to be a shock to the system to to sort of reset things. And our efforts with our youth, our our yearly trip we call Verum Vitam, mm-hmm. Latin for life that really is life, uh, a quote from from Paul's letter to Timothy is kind of like that. We, we've, we've gone to some pretty extraordinary places, yeah. um, Bahamas for a couple of years, now New York City, but for years we'd go to the mountains mm-hmm. to do that. We're not taking them because this this is truly not, although the Bahamas to a degree moments were uh it's nice it nice yeah it's not it's we're we're not going to a vacation and then to justify it throwing in a prayer at the end right which is which is a fair critique of a lot of youth mission trips it's a vacation well continue it's just a vacation that has that has you know a a half-hearted missional attempt Mm -hmm. active service and maybe some prayers here and there we've tried very hard not to do that at all. Mm-hmm. The focus is on a different location, different context, different community, so that we can unplug our youth mm-hmm. from their comforts, their routine influences um, of complacency mm-hmm. and literally their devices mm-hmm. as well. And New York is a shock to the system. Yep. And the mountains yep. can be a shock to mm-hmm. the system of some. The Bahamas. Uh, we weren't staying at at. Um, oh, no, we kept losing power. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> every not, time the lightning. We weren't struck. staying at the Atlantis Resort yeah, yeah, on no. on that we, other we, island. We, we lost power during the storms. I have never been in a hotel that lost power yeah. when it was lightning. Yeah, you know, 
So we were in a deprived. Good, we were in a yeah. deprived part of the Bahamas, and we actually left early this last time because we were genuinely yeah. afraid yeah. we there would be stuck there. Could have hit, and uh, we were losing power with a few lightning strikes. And the so flights, want... the flights out were not reliable. Yeah, we got the last. The only the bathroom ones, yeah. in the international airport was an outside glorified porta potty. That's right. If that tells you something yeah. about you know, but bless bless them. The the island has been ravaged by yeah, hurricanes. Years, I, mean, yeah. I mean, the infrastructure just can't keep up. So at any rate, so thank you for supporting that. Yeah. We it, it is not a vacation. No. That has a prayer at the you end. You know, I try to avoid both extremes. It's not a vacation, but I also usually don't call it a mission trip because of the connotations with that. Are we doing mission work while we're there? Yes. So in that sense, it is, but it's also. Uh, Really, it is taking the kids out of their context and saying, we're going to be a Christian for a week. So we're going to pray morning prayer, noonday prayer, evening prayer. Not that conference. we're Christians. You know, I know, we're not but, Christians. But yeah. we're, going to, we're going to go all in. Yep. Morning prayer, daily mass, noonday, compliment. How many complaints prayer. have you had about no, the rhythm? They, they never, lead it too. Never. So yeah. we, you know, we're praying for two or three hours a day in formation, and then we go and serve during the day. And then you know we, we play and enjoy each other's company. But I mean... It's it's a more um, holistic trip. I mean, there's prayer, there's service, there's fellowship. It's all of that, and it's a chance to help them kind of deepen their roots. Um, yeah, I was actually talking with a couple of people while I was there about the the trip, and they asked what our day to day life was was going to look like while we were there. And you know, I went through the spiel, and they said, "Oh wow, there's a lot of prayer." I said, "Yeah, yeah, and they they do a good job. I, I have them lead it, and they were dumbfounded um, that." you know, high schoolers. And I said, well, they've been doing it since middle school. Yeah. And, and people were surprised by that, um, that middle schoolers were able to lead evening prayer or Compline or any of that. Um, but it's partially to brag on our kids. I think I think they're doing a great job, but also just the expectation has been set and the kids respond they, to that. They don't know anything different. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, thank you for supporting that. That'll be something I'm sure we'll talk about in the months ahead. Um, and that was, a, that was a good trip for me to make some of those connections. We also, if they've been doing it long enough, they get to to meet Christians of our tradition. Yeah, that's that's, that's another big part. Also mm-hmm. in the mountains, in, the mountains, in western North Carolina, in the, Bahamas, in the Bahamas, in New York City. And they understand yeah. something about what we mean by Catholicity. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. We went to a daily mass in the Bahamas um, with a different 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 prayer book, but it was basically the Definitely same. Definitely Anglican, yeah. Um, it was an Anglican prayer book, just of the different, you know, diocese or communion, but... Um, different province, yeah. Yeah, different province, there we go. But, um, you know, one of our youth got asked to, to read during it, yeah, and great. it felt natural for them. And so that was good for them to see different people who look different and sound different doing the same thing as mm-hmm. us. Um, people in the mountains, and then in New York City will obviously experience the same thing, um, and that will be good. So we've got, we're going to talk about a couple things today. Um you want to do our formation series first and kind of give those spiels of kind of what each of us will be focusing on during Lent? Or do you want to talk about asceticism and fasting and suffering? Let's do, let's do, let's, let's do a plug for our formation at the end. Okay. Because we're talking about these things yeah. Yeah. at the end. Um, but, um, you know, I asked, I asked, I asked my daughter who was obviously taking notes about when things were said at what time. Um, what she wanted to hear, and she she was curious about the fast of Jesus, mm-hmm. um, his time in the wilderness, what that means for us, how his wilderness period is uh, mirrored in our Lenten observance, yeah. and maybe talking about um, uh, 
when we talk about asceticism and something that you said as we were walking down the hall about talking about suffering, about how people hear that, what we mean by that. And what we don't mean by what that. What we don't mean by that and, and why suffering is something that Christians are called to, we have to unpack this, but are called to embrace. Yeah. What that, how that yeah. is related in, in picking up your cross mm-hmm. and following Jesus. All of that, which is evident in the themes of Lent. And the themes are evident, meaning in the scripture readings for each Sunday, mm-hmm. in the prayers, in the devotions and disciplines, certainly as we move toward the Holy Week and all mm-hmm. everything that we've been doing intensifies. It's a it's a constant theme um, that we we're we're continuing to keep. Mm-hmm. So let's let's do Jesus's fast first. And that will lead us into you know our 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 own fast and Lenten observance. So. Um, I guess two things with the fast of Jesus. One, his time in the wilderness connects him to the scriptures. I mean, today at Mass, we have Elijah doing his 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, and he's fed by the angel, and he's making his way to Mount Horeb, the holy mount of God. Um, we have the Israelites wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Um, but uh, we have several characters throughout the scriptures that have these periods of wilderness wanderings where they're tempted and tried, and through that suffering, you know, it's like, um, what's the word? I'm like, crucible, you know, th- things come out of it better and more formed than they came in. And so that, that's part of it. It's, it's connecting him to all these other figures in the scriptures. Um, we did a whole Bible study on... Um, the temptations that Jesus endures and how those parallel Deuteronomy and the temptations that the Israelites failed to um, beat, I guess, and Jesus beats them, and so he's perfecting that. But then also he is showing what a a life um, of self-denial looks like. Um, Jesus, you know, foregoes things um, that are good for him in the wilderness. He doesn't eat. Uh, he fasts. It's not, not because food is bad. It's not because Jesus is teaching us to hate material goods, but he's teaching us about what a dependence on material creation leads to and how sometimes we need to curb those desires um, and, and train ourselves. I mean, to, to withhold something that's good for you, um, you know, well, to give a, another example, we all, I always tell people, don't give up something that's bad for you for Lent. It's not the point. That's just a bad habit. Get rid of that anyway. Give up something that might be good for you and learn to um, train your soul or your spirit over the desires of your body so that you have a better control of yourself and your desires. So that when a temptation for something bad shows up, that, that spiritual muscle is trained. I know how to fight against the temptations of the flesh because I fasted. I know how to fight against the temptation to money because I give alms. I mean, they're, they're training our spiritual muscles um, to prepare us. And so Jesus is kind of showing us the way to do that. I mean, that's a big part of it. Yeah, I mean, so let's go back to the Old Testament connection. Mm-hmm. The seminal moment of the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, is the Exodus. Correct, yeah. You, I mean, the, the two, probably the two the two major events that to understand the, the Old Testament, one needs to understand the Exodus mm-hmm. and what is around that wilderness Yep. going into the promised land, all of that. The second major event would be exile, destruction of the temple. Yeah. If what does you, it mean to be an Israelite without correct. the temple? Yeah. If, you understand, if you understand those two historical events in the Bible, almost every other book coalesces around right. those two yeah. events. Yeah. So the, the books of the, of the kings and all of that comes out of the settlement and the mm-hmm. promised land and all that refers to it. 
almost all of the prophets mm-hmm. are around either fort- either or... foretelling the fall of Jerusalem or after the fall of Jerusalem mm-hmm. or during yeah. the fall, whatever. Um, or if you're Isaiah. <laughs> all three. All three. Yeah, that, that's another podcast. So who was the person who led the people over the Jordan River, which is important to remember, from um, from the wilderness into the promised land, what biblical figure in the Old Testament actually led the people over? Joshua. Joshua. All right. What is the name of Jesus? Yeshua. Yeshua. Joshua. Joshua. Mm-hmm. God saves. Yeah. So that connection in terms of even... So it's the Hebrew and the... Um, Aramaic, Aramaic, I yeah, guess. I would imagine, Translation, yeah. the same, same it's, name. It's essentially we're talking the same, the same name, name here. Yeah, yeah. He is our, the new Joshua. Right. And not that Jesus is trying to be like Joshua, but the Old Testament Joshua was trying to be like Jesus. Trying to be like Jesus. Yeah, and yeah. so we see the images of, of as I said in, in my um, class on um, Sunday, this period of gestation, mm-hmm. 40 years of growing of to be to be born into this new new uh, life in the promised land crossing we forget there were two crossings of water to go from slavery into a wilderness mm-hmm. and then from the wilderness into the promised land mm-hmm. the red sea and then the jordan river i think people forget that Going into the promised land, they crossed the Jordan River. Yeah. And the reason why they forget is because when you look at a map, you're coming from Egypt, you have to go around, you mm-hmm. know, coming in through um, through Jordan yeah. to come, you know, cross over to the Jordan River heading west, which is, again, a whole other conversation. So the connection of Jesus in the wilderness um, overcoming temptation um, is is really evident when you realize his name in Joshua. I got sneeze. Share the same name. Bless you. <laughs> Bless you. Pollen. Springtime is yeah, coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And I think that's very, very helpful to understand that in our own spiritual life, we are heading to the promised land, mm-hmm. which is not a geographic location. Yeah. It is the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. It is that's heaven. Why Jesus says the kingdom of God is at hand. Exactly. The promised land exactly. is at hand. All of that begins to, to make sense. Mm-hmm. All of those light bulbs begin to flicker once once one makes mm-hmm. those connections. And, and it's important to remember that the Old Testament and the New Testament are not disconnected Correct. at all. Yeah. Um, the you Old don't Testament, understand the New Testament without the Old Testament. You don't. You yeah. don't. Um, and through the lens of Jesus Christ, the Old Testament makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in its fullest sense. But yeah, I, I always have to remind people, when Jesus talks about reading the scriptures, he's reading the Old Testament. <coughs> The New Testament didn't exist yet, so um, the scriptures for him were the Old Testament. But going back to the Israelites, um, they failed the test, which is why they have to stay in the wilderness longer. But they were going through that anyway to get to the promised land. I mean, the idea is you leave the slavery of sin, and before you enter the promised land, you need a period of purgation, in a sense. You need a period to empty yourself of all the all the sinful desires that stand in the way. And you need that to kind of be burned out of you, to um, be emptied out of you, so that then you can be filled with the milk and honey of the promised land. Um, that is that is asceticism. It's, a, it's an attempt to empty ourselves of the desires that draw us away from God so that we can be filled with the good things of God. Um, that is not easy, though. That's not a light switch. That is a process and it's a process that sometimes is difficult and that involves even suffering. And so when we talk about you know, the suffering of Lent, the asceticism of Lent, um, and why it's a good thing, that's, that's why. Because we are taking practices that might be difficult, 
but their aim is good. I mean, the the comparison, you know, theologians and priests always use is a medicine. It may taste bitter, but if you don't take the medicine, you're never going to be healed. And you may say, well, that's bitter. That's uncomfortable. Why, why would that possibly be good for me? And if you don't understand what it's aimed at, then why would you involuntarily take something bitter that does not taste good? But if it's aimed at something better, if it's aimed at healing on the other side, then that is what fasting becomes for us. That is what self-denial becomes for us. It's the emptying of our sinful desires that become distractions that don't allow us to fully cling to the cross. Um, and it prepares us to be filled by Jesus Christ. So let's say a couple of things. So let's, 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 let's just address suffering. Mm-hmm. And I think the point you made is one we need to remember is that we endure things that are uncomfortable yeah. when there's a greater end for our spiritual life. Correct. So the suffer because suffering is something we have no tolerance for, and and I think that any reasonable person would say we don't will the suffering for anyone else. Right. When you look at people, for instance, um, innocent people in Gaza yeah. who are suffering, yeah. we're not saying that's a good thing. Nope. We're mm-hmm. not looking at starving children and yeah. in, in deprived areas around the yes. world and say, good. well, good for them. Their souls yeah, are fasting. being sanctified. Yeah. No, that's not what we're saying. There is a, a suffering that has no greater end that is imposed by the evil intent of mm-hmm. others or by by a broken world, yeah. a natural disaster or things is, like that. That is our hope in the final judgment. Yes. Things will be set right. The suffering we're talking about is, for our context, we're talking about, honestly, sort of minor discomfort mm-hmm. in that. You may have to suffer. Emo- <laughs> I mean, we... It's also, it's also voluntarily. It is. Not. And I don't want to open up a can of worms we don't have time to, to really sort of deal with because the, sometimes the saints in following Jesus Christ did suffer involuntarily involuntarily and it, yes and they were they were able in a unique circumstance to say i'm going to take this and offer it to god and be thankful for yeah. it so what we talk about suffering is is enduring something for the sake of christ that that fills us with hope and and brings us closer to mm-hmm. him here's an example is that um in an, not, not in an extreme sense but in a sense that when we when we are sick and we're dealing with an illness, mm-hmm. and maybe that illness can be resolved to health, maybe it cannot be. Mm-hmm. But we know there's a period of time that, that we're going to have to we're going to have to labor with our body. Mm-hmm. And that is a difficult period. Mm-hmm. Part of that to unite us to the sufferings of Jesus Christ is to unite that experience, what we must endure. Mm-hmm. There's no way around it with the cross of Jesus Christ. Um, other examples would be when we, when we, when we willingly endure some discomfort for the sake of our spiritual journey. Yeah. That could be that could be doing a religious act or holding true to our faith that may bring about some ridicule by yeah. people in our family, or our peer group, mm-hmm. or whatever the ca- else case may be. The probably the slightest or easiest example of that would be. Fasting, fasting, yeah. Which, yeah. which, an example meaning coming here to this podcast. Um, so, I, I've had a tiny little bowl of oatmeal. I had a protein bar, and I had a few M and M's. That's my that's my food for the day. Not exactly stark, but yeah. but you know, probably four hundred calories. Walking over, gosh, here's a hundred and sixty calorie peanut little um, peanut caramel bar that would really taste good right now. Talking about today, today, tomorrow, just a few minutes ago, because yeah. I won't eat until about one thirty because of the noon mass, yeah. et cetera. I picked it up and I almost tore it open. Said, dude, can you not? Can yeah. you not? For three hours, just not, and have a 
cup of coffee instead. Yeah. And so that was a decision because I'm really am hungry. My stomach's growling. I put it back. Can I, can, can I in this one moment say, no, just don't for right mm-hmm. now. You'll, you'll eat when lunchtime comes. Mm-hmm. That's harder than, than one might think. It is harder. To, to just simply we're say weaker no. Than because one we're might weak. Think. And so when we hear suffering, I want us to sort of recognize there's that greater part to it, but, but, but also to recognize enduring. Yeah. A little bit of discomfort for a period of time mm-hmm. because it speaks to that greater question of what, where is our will in relationship with our body? Mm-hmm. Does my body obey the will or does the will obey the body? Yep. For the most part, our will, will obeys, obeys our body. body. Yep. We want to yep. reverse that. And you go back to the wilderness. That, yeah. I mean, what's... All of the complaining, almost all of the complaining of the of the Israelites yeah. is over food. My favorite is um, Psalm 78, that we pray on the 15th. Yeah, God set a table in the wilderness, but can he provide meat for us? You know, yeah, yes, he, he gives, gives us, us bread. Meat, but now he gives us meat. But, now we're kind of tired of this. Tired of yeah. meat. I mean, it's always one so more thing. If you don't remember, go back to Exodus. As soon as they cross the Red Sea, yeah. as soon as the, is, yep, the, yep. He, the Egyptians are drowned in the Red Sea, and there's this great song of Moses, yep. horse and rider fallen into the sea, you know, kumbaya, so on and so forth, they're out there, and then, like, like five verses later, man, slavery <laughs> yep, stunk. Yep. It, it wasn't great, but, but man, we had three square meals a day. Yeah. And now we're going to starve. We'd rather be enslaved mm-hmm. than hungry. Mm-hmm. And so then Moses goes to God, intercedes on their behalf, and God literally sends them food from heaven. Food from Comes heaven. down like from dew yeah. and, and crystallizes on the grass and they collect it. And I think manna literally means, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. They don't know what to call it. So they have to get it every day yep. and they can't store it except on one day. They have to get... Um, right before the Sabbath. Right before so the they Sabbath, don't... they collect twice as much so they don't eat. And, and they think this is novel and cool for about a week. Mm-hmm. And like... Then they also start stockpiling it and grow yep. mold and yep. Uh, bread, this bread's not very good. You know, gosh, we we missed we missed whatever the Slavery. Pharaoh gave us. And then you had quail. And then that, that was better. That was cool. <sighs> what else you got? And yeah. and that I think is the, the 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 key to our human nature. You give us everything that we need, mm-hmm. and then once we have it, our response is going to be what else, what else you got. Yep, yep. Now think about that. Think about your entire life. Think about the gifts and blessings that we have. Everything that we could ever want is given to us. Our response will be, because of our nature, what else you got? Mm-hmm. You know, the advice was given to me years ago in the confessional is sort of the one that I, I still give to others, because all of our sins come down to what else you got. Yeah. yeah. Almost all of them. And to and to use the Lord's Prayer Give us this day our daily bread, and let me not only be okay with my daily bread, let me be grateful for Mm -hmm. my daily bread, Mm -hmm. and let me recognize that that daily bread is not only enough, it's more than I need. My cup overflows, 23rd Mm -hmm. Psalm. That takes discipline to choose to look at what's in our life. Small things, silly things, that what I've had to eat this morning, 120 calories of uh, oatmeal, 190 calories in that in that protein bar, 70 calories in those M&Ms, I'm not starving. Yeah. And I can wait till 1.30 and have my spinach and tomato salad. And then that, that extends to everything. It extends to our relationships. Mm-hmm. It extends to our relationship with money. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm obviously painting with broad strokes. Yeah. If your husband's beating you, you don't say, Lord, this is enough for me. This No, I mean, that's not what we're... Yeah. 
let's 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 use some perspective. Yeah, um, which is why the church is specific in its Lenten recommendations: prayer, fasting, almsgiving. Yeah. They're not just saying go suffer. They're saying, well, why don't you fast a little bit? Why don't you give some more? Why don't you pray some more? Um, suffering builds our spiritual muscles, but it also, and this is where you know you start to understand how could, how possibly could the saints be sick or being beaten and possibly give thanks for this. Suffering also connects us to Jesus Christ who suffered for us, suffered unimaginably for us. And so when we suffer, um, even involuntarily, our hope, our prayer is that even in the darkest times, we can still recognize that Jesus knows what it's like. He suffered too. And so when I suffer, we don't have, as Hebrew says, you know, a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has gone before us. He knows what it's like. And so we also take on minor sufferings in Lent so that we are a little bit more united with the suffering of Jesus Christ, so that we are brought a little bit closer to him and what he went through. It's not going to be the same thing, but it's it's a taste of that. I'm looking for the in the concordance for that lesson from St. Paul, those, that verse that suffering produces endurance, mm-hmm. endu- endurance, endurance produces, produces character, um, yeah. character produces hope, and that hope will not disappoint yeah. us. It's the, uh, let's see, where is it? Um, um, I'll find it, whatever. Here we go. Um, it is Romans 5. Yes, did I, did I get it right? Suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, Care, yeah, produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit's been given to yeah. us. And, you know, the con- if you don't know what a concordance is, most Bibles will have it mm-hmm. in the back. Think of it as an index of yeah. words. Yeah. So there is, um, you know, there is James 1.3, which talks about yeah. uh, endurance. Um, let's look at James 1.3. I mean, when you, when you read, uh, as you're turning there, you read a lot of the New Testament letters, almost all of them, because of the state of the early church being persecuted, are all about endurance of suffering. Yeah. So, um, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy, mm-hmm. because you know that testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Mm-hmm. So, when we find difficulty... In our spiritual life, our spiritual struggle, when we when we internally sort of suffer, when we have act, that that the Latin word for suffering is is passio, mm-hmm. the passion. So when we talk about Passion Week, we're talking about suffering. But when we have those those minor sufferings compared to our Lord and to the other saints. Mm-hmm. Don't look at it as failure, but an opportunity that I'm going to use this. And the way that helps me is that if I feel like I am bleeding emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, if I feel wounded, if I feel weak, all the better because now I can identify with Jesus Christ on the cross. And if I can identify with him and then now I'm, I'm leaning and resting and trusting in him, that's going to produce a strength that that I didn't realize before because I'm no longer trying to manufacture it on my own. So I visually, for me, if I, if I feel like I am wounded and bleeding is let me just press my wounds against his Mm -hmm. and allow his life to live in me. Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, um, that is the the suffering that we you know talk about. Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> there's a reason that um, so many of the saints talk a lot about suffering because that 
becomes an opportunity for them. That is the way in which um, they they grow in their hope. And then also it's an honest acknowledgement that uh, to be a human is to suffer. I mean, a human in this world, we're, we're going to suffer. We're going to suffer loss and hardship and affliction and emotional discomfort and isolation. I mean, we're, that's, that is going to happen. So let's talk about that. Let's give some sort of uh, specific examples without, without, without getting too personal. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, because I still think people, when they hear that, I think if we, if we know of an animal that's suffering, we put it down. Yeah. We end it. Yeah. We don't prolong it. And again, going back to examples of what's going on in the world today, mm-hmm. no one wants anyone to, to suffer. suffer. Um, so let's see if we can't come up with some examples of mm-hmm. what we mean by that. And so I'm going to come up with some generic ones that maybe I've gone through that that aren't personal or betraying any sort of um, confidences or, or too much information. But, you know, if a parent, for instance, and if my children are listening, this is a generic blanket statement. If a parent is um, is watching your child find out who they're called to be mm-hmm. and they and they and they're they're being a bit obstinate in that path yeah. and you're trying to hold the course and you're 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 worried about them and you're anxious about them and and you're you're second guessing your decisions and you're 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 making decisions that that create tension in the house mm-hmm. and maybe conflict but you you know they're to be to be right yeah. there is a real element of suffering mm-hmm. um, on the parent because what you're doing is you're wanting them to not only have their best life but you're wanting them to to have a faithful life mm-hmm. and you're doing things to sort of promote that and to, and to take your stand and and making those decisions will will create great discomfort and tension in the house, um, and sometimes significant, mm-hmm. and that's a way of 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 holding firm with love and compassion. Where there is there is a price that will that you have to pay for that. If you're going to be a parent and you're going to raise your children um, rightly, their job as they is they try to test boundaries to make sure they're firm and certain and they can be trusted, their job will be to push against those mm-hmm. boundaries. The parent's job is to hold firm to them. Mm-hmm. There is a price to be paid on that. And so there's an element of of, of suffering in that. It's not the same thing as a child in the rubble right. of Gaza, right? right? But you can either choose the path of least resistance, the one that's the most comfortable, mm-hmm. the one that has the greatest short-term game, yeah. but long-term loss. We can make that decision. Mm-hmm. Again, as a simple comparison, I could have had that peanut and caramel mm-hmm. bar to make my stomach quiet for a moment. But now I've given, I've, I've sort of, I've, I've surrendered. Well, I can't even do that, whatever. There's yeah. no hope in me. Um, there are all kinds of other examples, I think, that we can draw from to give mm-hmm. examples of holding firm, holding true, remaining faithful will come with a cost. Mm-hmm. And that cost in its, in its way is an element of, of suffering, that the more we do it, the more we, can, we learn we can endure. Yeah. The world's not going to end. Mm-hmm. We're not going to erupt into flames. And the more we have to endure, the stronger we become, the more character we mm-hmm. have. 
And the more we discover that character of Jesus Christ who lives in us, Mm -hmm. the more we begin to trust on that hope. And what that means is, is that we now know that whatever comes our way, whatever the world brings, is that we know that Jesus Christ will meet us there. Mm -hmm. He's already met us there. And that is a hope that we can stand firm on. Yeah, the, the, the hope in the midst of suffering is not that it will end necessarily, but it's that Jesus Christ will be with you every step of the way. Um, we do hope for a day when there are no more tears and, and no more pain, and, and you know that is the, the beatific vision. But our hope day to day here is for Christ to be with us every step of the way, um, that we are not alone. And that, I think, is what deep down we fear the most, is that I'm alone, no one cares. Completely. I suffer alone, no one's here to help, and Jesus says, I'm here with you. I did it, too. I know what it is like, um, and there is hope in the midst of well, this. Well, because our our whole concept of what it means to exist as a human being is rooted in relationship. Yeah. Our whole ontology yeah. is relationship. That's why, that's why number one, God is revealed as um, Father, Son, Trinity, and yeah. Trinity, and that's, that's God's nature. And that's why... Um, analog comparisons of human relationships, mm-hmm. especially parent-child, work because we, we understand them, we live them. When James is growing up and when James has to have a, a shot or a tooth pulled yeah. or whatever, he will, as we did and as my children have, will come up with doomsday scenarios as to what that will be like. Yeah. You will say to him, dude, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Yeah. I've done it, I've been through it, it's fine. And and he will go through such mental, emotional anguish mm-hmm. until he experiences it yeah. and then learns, well, dad didn't lie to me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the most pleasant thing I've ever mm-hmm. experienced, but it wasn't nearly as bad as I made it out to be. The world did not end, yeah. That's in a very, very small way. Um, um, that suffering, a little bit of endurance, mm-hmm. a little bit of character, a little Produces bit of hope. hope and security. The next yeah. time he goes through something and you say to him, dude, it's going to be fine. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. The more he experiences, the more he will trust mm-hmm. yep. and say, well, dad said, and dad has never lied to me. And that's why a parent lying to their children is so bad because yeah, you are giving reality to your children. And when you misrepresent that, um, it, it shatters their reality. I mean, that's, that's why yeah. it's so damaging. And so if we trust in Jesus Christ to give us that peace that passes mm-hmm. understanding in, in small things mm-hmm. like just cut back on your food. Yeah, you're going to be fine. Pray a bit more. Give to the poor. Mm-hmm. When we have that cancer diagnosis, yeah. we will then We're trust. Building that spiritual Because muscle. we know that through all sorts and conditions of experiences, yeah. his word is reliable and true, and yeah. we can trust it. And I mean, in the parable, if you, if, you, if you can't be faithful in small things, how can you expect to be faithful in yep. big things? And that, that's important. And so is cutting back on food... The be all end all. No, but is it difficult? Yes. Yeah. Is it is it magic? No. Is it is it um, something that we are compelled to do mm-hmm. because Christ's work on the cross wasn't sufficient for us? No. No. Yes, that's, no. that's huge. We're not saying we're not that at all. Earning favor from we're not, God. We're not, we're not saying that at all. All we're doing is we're saying we recognize that Jesus Christ has called us to a life of freedom. And that life of freedom looks in in the sense that that our will, united with His, mm-hmm. is is directing and guiding our path. Yeah. If we're honest, there are things in the way right now that are keeping that will 
from being in the mm-hmm. driving seat. Correct. And our bodies, number one. And yep. if you go back to the Israelites in the wilderness, is that their path was the promised land. Yep. Their past was slavery. Their stomach was getting them in the way yeah. and bringing them back to, to slavery. slavery. Yep. You know, it wasn't their stomach. I mean, the stomach is a is a metaphor. Yeah. It was their desire, their, yeah. their sinful desire. Sinful desire desires. for themselves. Exactly. Instant gratification, whatever you want to call it. But we all understand hunger. We uh-huh. all understand hangry. Yeah. We all understand yeah. all of that, yeah. which is why it's such a, a portable mm-hmm. image and symbol that, that we use. Yeah. And that's why it's important for us in the church just to, you know, cut back Start a there. Bit. Yeah. yeah, start there. It's a, it's a good first practice to start with. All right, let's move quickly to um, our yep. formation opportunities. So I, I'm talking about prayer, um, and this actually goes hand in hand with some, some things we're talking about. So last night, you know, we had our first um, session, just kind of introing what what is prayer, what makes it um, important for us, what is it not, what is it. But uh, I want to um, read a, a brief quote, which is what I, I said last night, um, and this goes hand in hand with Lent in our discipline. So this is from an Epistle of Prayer. It's the last kind of tad, uh, tacked on thing from the cloud of unknowing, that great mystical work. And it's kind of some practical advice for a disciple who says, I get distracted when I pray a lot. You got any advice? Um, and I joked with him. It's not a joke, though. The, the first advice that the disciple gets is, uh, remember that you might die by the time your prayer ends. Um, you probably won't, but you could. And the idea is, remember your mortality. Um, don't Don't presume that you know, I've got years to fix this. Do it now. Um, pray now. Don't don't presume you've been given tomorrow. So that you know, practically, it might actually help. But the the, the book goes into um, all these um, you know ascetic disciplines, um, and it says the end goal is reverent love of God. We don't fast to get better at fasting. We fast to learn to love God more. So he says this, or, or she, whoever whoever wrote this. And this reverent love of God is the only thing that matters, this alone and no thing else whatever, whether it is fastings, vigils, hair shirts, or what. This is what pleases Almighty God and merits his reward. No soul can be rewarded without it. And he says these other things, fasting, vigils, hair shirts, and such like, are useful only insofar as they help toward this end. So the point I basically made is we're going to talk about Techniques of prayer, spiritual practices, things that can aid you. But if you just get obsessed with the means and you forget the end, um, it, you've lost the point of it. Yeah. Um, and so when we talk about these Lenten disciplines, um, don't get so obsessed with fasting and treat it like a secular diet. That's not what it is. Um, its goal, its in reward is to get you to love God more. So we're going to be talking about prayer. That's Tuesdays at 6 p.m., we're going to talk about you know vocal prayer, meditative prayer, contemplative prayer. Um, how do we get better at prayer? What prevents us from praying more? And you know, trying to make it a, kind of a practical survey of um, maybe where you're at and maybe what steps you can take. Let me make one more connection to why fasting is an accessible key to this. Mm-hmm. If we can, and, and to and to get to your point, if we can discipline our our bodies to to pull back or to not or to not indulge at every time and we have that control that will lead to us being able to make decisions about where our bodies need to be on Sunday yes. morning yes right I'm or, sleepy I'm not I'm yeah tired. exactly push through if yeah. you, if you can discipline the body to push through yeah, every good. every um 
false reading in your stomach mm-hmm. that you're starving, you Don't can do the same. Don't instantly gratify your desires. You might actually be tired. You might actually be hungry. But you, it's not going to kill you. Yeah. You can get up and go yeah. to church. Same thing with money mm-hmm. is that you still can give to charity. Mm-hmm. You can give to the church. Um, it, it's, it's fine to do that. Herbert McCabe, uh, yeah. late Dominican, I think is the one who said, people on sinking ships have no, have no distractions in prayer. Yep. And part of Lent, I think, is to recognize that that we, we're all on a sinking ship, mm-hmm. which is which is a sinful nature. And so, help us to not be distracted. Yeah, is to recognize the severity of of of, uh, of what is going on. That's good. What I'm doing on Sunday nights is a bit more general of looking at each of the each of the Sunday prayers colics in Lent, and and then exploring the themes mm-hmm. that are contained therein. So last Sunday I did basically led by the spirit, tempted of Satan. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Basically talking about what we talked about, about how Jesus in the wilderness is is um, is an image of our Lenten journey. Yeah. And each each I think each each week there's different themes. This week yeah. I think the prayer is whose glory it is always to have mercy. Yeah, so we'll that's a we'll great talk phrase. about what is God's glory, and mm-hmm. what does it mean for God's glory to have mercy? Because that is completely yeah, the, different. The Linden Colics are really good. Yeah. Third Sunday, we have the phrase, you know, we have no power of ourselves to help ourselves. Yeah. Um, that's, that's good. So that's Sundays at six p.m. Yep, and it should be recorded. <laughs> will be recorded. Uh, I said I've OBS wrong on Sunday, so, so it didn't rec- first, I mean, it first rec- week. It you, recorded, you had to be but, there, but the sound, the sound didn't yeah. work. And I, I may come in and do and do a synopsis of by myself here. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. But yeah, those will be on on YouTube. Mine are more conversational. They're just in ECW Hall. Um, but yeah, so there's lots of formation opportunities during Lent. And there's uh, more prayer opportunities. Station to the Cross on Friday. So. Um, there's no excuse to, to say there's there's not enough opportunities. Um, there's there's a lot going on, and then obviously our normal day to day prayer and worship. Um, Let me end by saying something that you said, but I want to put an exclamation point on it, and and something I said earlier. Lenten disciplines, it's not superstition. Mm-hmm. It's not a game, and when you when you slip up on them, move on. Yeah. And I see that a lot, and and sometimes in our in our efforts to make it a discipline, it becomes kind of a game. Mm-hmm. And I think to some degree in our psychology, you know that that works for us. you know. Sure, yeah. sure, and, and to get us going, but it cannot be, it cannot be the means cannot be greater than the end. Yeah. The end is what is important. So do not, I mean, don't don't make it bigger than than the end goal. Mm-hmm. And we see that happening. And that's why people rightfully are suspicious about these sorts mm-hmm. of things and why people sometimes wonder, was Jesus' death on the cross not sufficient for your salvation? Mm-hmm. Because they see us getting worked up over this stuff yeah. and not realizing it is a, a means to bring us to a yeah. greater realization for our of that benefit. end. It is for our benefit. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is a spiritual practice. We're not we're not making God angry or happy. Jesus is not mad on, at you yeah. if you have a steak on Friday. Right, right. But you might miss an opportunity to grow closer to him. You may not think about Jesus you might think about Jesus more if you're consciously making a decision yeah. voluntarily yeah. not to have a steak. This is why, Friday. you know, final thing that you've you've said before, um, when people say, oh, you can't have meat on Friday, you say, no, I can. I choose, I choose not, not to. to. Yep. Um, I can. There's no legalistic rule, but I choose not to, and to when we try to it, bring me closer to Jesus. When we do it together as a community, we're identifying ourselves as people who are trying to think about Jesus yeah. more and love him more. Yeah. And that's important. Let's close in prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen.